Hi, it's Brittany. Hi, it's Megan. And you're listening to True Colors. You broke it down, I'm tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a fighter, but I see it in you, so we can walk it out. weird playing such a serious song because we're always like fun dancey songs <laughs> i think this is the first time in a while we played such a serious uh song yeah because i think even like when we did the the video to the song try which is a serious song it was still kind of like uplifting and mm-hmm. um happy i guess yeah i mean this this one is uplifting don't get me wrong but it, it is um more of a serious song and I think it's fitting for this week's topic yeah I think you hit the nail on the coffin for that one <laughs> so I know that we are going to be talking about um something that I will be honest I originally saw as something that women go through and then started realizing that this is something that is both male and female a struggle mm-hmm. um so do you want to introduce the topic this week yes we're going to talk about different kinds of eating disorders yeah we're going to talk about different eating disorders i only know of two which was bulimia and anorexia but i'm sure there's we're going to dive a little bit more into that as well as I think there's a third one. So there's actually a few more um, that I don't think people even qualify as eating disorders. And, but I think that the third one that we will be talking about that neither of us knew about until today is definitely, I think a bigger umbrella of things. And then we'll talk about all the little things that can go under it. just once we hear like the definition of it yeah some of these things started ringing in my head like oh oh okay I think I've had that slash might still have it a little mm-hmm. um so I think it'll be interesting I think it'll be personal be very vulnerable um but that's what we like to do here right <laughs> I think that's what makes our podcast a little differently than when we started was we were very light in the beginning and then like we wanted to do was create a safe space to talk about those tough things and make sure that we know you know it's not just you going through it you have two people you're listening to that really probably have gone through something similar or know someone and has helped someone or been there for someone you know yeah absolutely and I think we've made it very clear on this show that body image, self-image, self-value, self-worth, 
is a topic that we know is very prominent in the communities these days. Um, I think it's always been that way, uh, mm -hmm. just by talking to my own mom and knowing what it was like when she was younger. And I think that it's something that it's hard to get away from um, just because, especially now, we are bombarded with images and um, videos and different displays of beauty and what's fit and what's healthy and what's not so fit and what's not so healthy when I think we have a lot of it backwards a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully this conversation, just like all of our podcasts, I think we realize this podcast has the potential to hit things a lot bigger than us. Um, and, you know, we got that just from, you know, the videos we've done and the ones we're going to do in the future. And we have the potential to make a difference using this platform. So why not, you know, use it? Yeah. So, so yeah, so first part of the topic, I think we wanted to talk about the two that we know about. So do you want to talk a little bit about anorexia and I can talk about bulimia a little bit? So yeah, anorexia is the one where you eat next to nothing and you have, um, you kind of like really monitor your intake of food. And I know from what I remember of watching. And I, I think a lot of shows actually hit on this. I remember, I think it was not Glee. Oh, I want to say one of the, one of the shows watching as a teenager, I do remember there was a, oh, Degrassi. There was it's a, Emma. yes, she refused to eat and she just didn't like the way she looked. And she thought the best way to get to that goal quickly wasn't dieting or working out or whatever she was not eating and then trying to work out so she couldn't she had no energy to burn off so she was just burning off her whatever she had inside you know and I think that's something that people younger I mean at least for me I've seen it more in like teens and young adults and they're constantly trying to get fit quick because of what they've seen on television I think America's Next Top Model is a very good like idea of what people think is beauty and modeling and how you should look. And I remember one season, the girl had gained weight and they were just like looking at her like she wasn't beautiful anymore. And here comes the reason why girls are sitting there starving themselves. Well, it's absolutely like that idea in our society that instant gratification is what we need you know I want the new iPhone now and I want you know to be skinny now and I want to be fit now like no one wants to go through a process anymore um, and definitely not through a healthy process and I think that you were talking about the episode with Degrassi with Emma and I was thinking of talking about the exact same one because I think that's what stuck in my head a lot was her initial uh, tendencies towards bulimia, where she was, which is where you throw up. So basically you'll eat in the presence of other people and then you will throw up so that they are not aware that you are, basically your image is and perspective of your body is so distorted that you will go to the lengths of puking everything that you eat and forcing yourself 
um, to throw up. And that in itself is already a very tough subject, I think, for a mm -hmm. lot of people because we want to just backtrack and go, okay, well, now I'm, it's basically because you're ashamed of what you're doing. Yeah. And you don't want other people to tell you like, hey, this isn't healthy, but bulimia has led to so many horrible things. Um, it messes with not only your esophagus, but your respiratory system. Mm -hmm. A lot of people not only, of course, faint from it, but, you know, people have panic attacks because they're under so much stress with their body and mm -hmm. their diet they've chosen. And then you're throwing up on top of that consistently, like your chest, your stomach can't take it. Your body oh, yeah. is not built to do that. Um, so that's, I think, what's so scary about that one. Um, and so that's bulimia and anorexia, which I do believe are the two most common known ones. Yeah. And I think when you look at both of them, you're sitting there. Sometimes we don't even know that people are struggling with it. It's especially bulimia because of the fact that they are eating in front of you, you're more so less likely to notice someone who has it until like, unfortunately you watch them wither away it's it's really weird to say but like i know for anorexia you're watching someone overly doing it like i can remember the episode of degrassi where emma's constantly working out and i think it's mandy that notices it because she's like you're not really going about it the right way and, you know, I haven't seen you actually eat anything, but you're working out obsessively. And it becomes like you start watching that person afterwards. It's not just the current effects, but the afterwards effects. When you are confronted with what you're doing to yourself, you then have your friends and your family are watching you and they're making sure you're eating enough, you're working out enough, or you're balancing all three, you know? So I feel like the symptoms it's just the pro the cons outweigh the pros of doing either one of them and then we see kids doing it because they're seeing again seeing that image and it's scary especially in a time last year when not everyone was able to watch you or see you and you some people probably don't even realize that their friends are struggling with it oh absolutely I don't I don't think it's a clear cut sign like everybody thinks anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, I hate to say it, but it's usually the person that you think has it all together. And um, so just leading into that, I'm gonna skip that first question we were gonna ask and first go to the second one where we review what are some of the causes of eating disorders. And so I know we did touch on the fact that an eating disorder is a mental illness. Mm -hmm. um, it's a distorted thought and perception, not only of yourself, but what people around you expect from you. Yeah. It's like, if you think about it, it's almost like a magic mirror in the mazes at the fair where like you see either you're too skinny or you're too huge. I mean, I know I suffer from that part. Like I look in the mirror and I don't exactly see what I think I see. And then when I look at myself, I'm like, I don't know if it's just my head playing tricks on me or if it's really what's there you know yeah absolutely and I I feel like we all do this like I can't tell you how many times like I'll 
watch like how many times especially for girls how many times have we looked at a picture of us in high school and then a picture of us now and like when we're adults and you know we don't lose weight like we used to and we're mm-hmm. not playing sports or whatever we were doing in high school and you're like it's so crazy because if I think back to how I felt about my body in high school I was constantly telling myself I was not thin enough I was mm-hmm. not fit enough and you look back at those pictures and you're like oh dang, I actually was like, why was I giving myself such a hard time all yeah. the time? And um, it's kind of crazy because I feel like I definitely, especially during college and after college, I could see the difference in my face. Um, yeah. And I'm talking about my happiness mm-hmm. and things. And I can remember putting myself back in that situation being like, wow, I was making myself miserable Because I was constantly like, wow, I don't look like her and I don't look like her and I don't, you know, I'm not what he wants. And that's just how we think. And yeah, it's definitely something that has to change. And, you know, eventually we're going to be able to hopefully enlighten a few people and just be like, dang, you have no idea how much the room lights up when you walk into it. Yeah. I mean... I think that, especially in high school, I think that's where girls and guys, like you said, it's not just girls, um, how both are being affected by their surroundings. Like, I'm the same way. I look at my my senior prom picture and I'm like, oh my God, how skinny was I actually? Mm-hmm. Like, I look now and I'm like, I've gained so much weight between now and then, but then I have to remember that's been 10 years. It's a 10 different yeah. person. Oh gosh, don't remind me. It's been 10 years. I know I just passed uh, this year will be my 20 or my 11th year out of high school. I'm like, ugh. This year's our 10 for me. So, okay, so we talked about what eating disorders is a mental illness, which I don't think a lot of people are aware of. They think, well, like, just eat something. Like, why can't you just do that? That's even like, worse. Well, it's like you don't. I'm trying to explain it in a way that can be understood. Um, it's it's not even about eating anymore. It's about how we just, not just how we view ourselves, but how we're viewing the people around us. You know, it is a lot about self-love. And the thing is, is that what people don't understand, like, you know, our, uh, let's just finish going through the causes and then we'll move on to that other question. Cause I feel like that's where we'll touch on a lot more yeah. stuff. Um, so the other causes is other stresses in life because a lot of people turn to eating disorders because they feel like it's the only thing they have control over. Yes. So I, I think that's so true because if you mm-hmm. think about it, I know when I go through bad things, like my mom and I had this discussion, um, when my ex and I were dating, he constantly was like, he was very controlling and it's looking back now in my healthy relationship now um I know what controlling looks like I know what it's like so then I remember the only thing I would tell people like I started overeating a lot and I would sit there and I'm like why can't I stop and it's like after I went to therapy it was like it's really the only thing I can control at this point is like my desire to control me and my body and my mental my mentality and it's scary to see that that's like you said it's one thing in this world we can control is how what we put in our mouths or what we take out of our mouths you know so 
and it's scary to think that's how we define our control. Well, absolutely. And especially like, I mean, stress eating is such a real thing. You know, it's like you're finding, I say this to my boyfriend all the time is I'm always like, I'm, I'm not a person who lives to eat. I eat to live. Like, I'm like, I eat just enough to stay, you know, um, energized or whatever. And, but the thing is, is like there, it's like that unhealthy, there is an unhealthy mentality to that to a degree. So of course it's good not to just live to eat food and, you know, that's my comfort and that's my safe and stuff. You, you need to find that in other things, healthier things. But a lot of us find comfort in that, you know, like how many times there's a reason there's things called comfort food. <laughs> like, you know, these are things that, you know, just make us feel good. And it's not necessarily that we need like that extra piece of cheesecake or anything like that. But that's how we're thinking is we're like, I shouldn't, but I'm going to because whatever's going on, you know, they see it a lot, you know, it spikes in people that have lots of home life issues, um, personal mental issues, anxiety, depression, isolation. That's why a lot of people did gain weight during the pandemic is because they're home, they're isolated, they're anxious about what's going on outside the door, they're depressed because they can't see any of their family or friends, and all of that caused a spike in eating disorders. Like, don't get me wrong, there's the 0.5% that decided to start a home gym and start working out, and that's great for them. Right, my sister, 1,000% right there. Yeah, but again, that's still another way of, like, something you can control. Mm -hmm. You can control how much you're exercising, how many calories you're burning, how many you're taking in. Like all of those things are something that can occur. And I think the final cause was one that I was a little thrown off by, um, which is genetics and biology. Mm -hmm. So it's apparent, apparently if you had a relative that had an eating disorder you have, you may have a gene that you are more likely to develop one. Wow. That's interesting. And I had no idea that was a thing. Um, uh, so again, that's crazy to me. Um, it's not funny. I'm just like, you know, my defense mechanism when I talk about serious stuff, but it's just, it does seem like kind of weird to me to think, okay, well, like this isn't happening hypothetically. My yeah. grandma had an eating disorder when she was young. So that's why like I've had one. Yeah, that's interesting. I never actually thought about that. You know, like I never really thought that, gen- I know genetics plays a key role in a lot of things, especially thinking um, genetics and the fact that, you know, looking down line alcoholism, um, addiction, like it's throw one more in there and it's like, it makes complete sense. Well, and what you say that like a eating disorder is somewhat of a type of addiction. Yeah, I guess it would be if you think about it, because like you're addicted to looking a certain way or it almost it almost becomes like an overwhelming sensation. Like I have a very bad like nervous tack where I like play with my hair when I'm stressed. That honestly could be another one of those because you're trying to get through that feeling or you're trying to get um trying to think of the word but like your mind is so set in your ways it's almost hard to erase that feeling you know like if say I started 
becoming anorexic. It's almost like I have to keep up with the beginning of that stage, you know? Well, and if you see results too, regardless of how healthy or non-healthy they are, people are going to say, well, this is working. Me just drinking water all day is working. I lost three pounds. And that, that in itself is not easy because you won't have energy. You don't have protein. Yeah. Hair can fall out because of that skin beca- can become dry. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many negatives, like you said, that outweigh those positives. Yeah. And it's more of a like, this is short term that you're going to be happy. But 000%. in the long term, horrible things can happen. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people that have lost their lives because of eating disorders. One of the things I remember, there was actually there's an episode of Dr. Phil where these two sisters, it was almost like it was an overwhelming feeling to get fit or to be small. You know, one had bulimia, one had anorexia. And I sat there and I remember they're like, I fear food at one point. Like in taking that food, I'm terrified of what it could do to my body. And it becomes you're overanalyzing every calorie, every intake you have and it's like you never really see the short you see the short-term effects but you also have to think about the long-term effects you just become this different person not and no matter what image you see in the mirror it's still going to be constricted it's the point in your brain where you're like i still see the fat self of me or the heavier self of me and no matter how skinny you're getting you still see that larger side of you and it's like it's a long-term effect you always see that without ever faltering even though you're getting thinner and thinner and thinner and almost wasting away yeah absolutely um so let's talk about that tough question that we have listed um have you yourself or someone close to you experienced having an eating disorder I don't think I've had an eating disorder. I think that's a lie. I think at one point I was so overly cautious about what I was intaking that I just started like cutting back meals. Like, I think that even now it's hard because like, if you ask anyone, if I'm hungry, I'm starving and I have to eat and I want to eat and I got to eat. But then all of a sudden I'll shut off and I won't eat for like a day a day and a half and my mom always jokes that she's like Brittany you always eat and I was like you don't get it there's some days I refuse to eat because I'm just not hungry and it's like I think I instilled it in my head that if I eat too much this will happen and so I started like subconsciously cutting out meals and and it's not my sister's fault but like compare myself to my sister like she's fit as a sh- like she's so fit and she works really hard for it. And it's always like, I've tried the diets. I've tried the working out. I've tried everything. And I can't cut, you know, like I can't, I feel like I'm never going to be that thin. So I started taking cut. Like I would take diet pills. I would try this. I would try that. Oh, this extreme thing. Sure. I'll try it. But I feel like it never, I never got so extreme that it was, I was becoming bulimic. I think I was at one point headed towards the anorexic part of it because like I would just just wouldn't eat you know like I just refused to eat and I think it took like my uh my friend David telling me he's like you're eating 
you're not eating and you're usually first one in line for mom's thing or whatever. And it just, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I can't do this. I need to start doing it healthier. Like I'll drink, like I cut out certain things in my diet. I, you know, do it the healthy way. And I've tried to stay on that path, you know, but I have seen a friend who was anorexic and it was really hard to watch her not listen. And, um, it was, it was one of the hardest things is to like watch her be terrified of food. And it's, it was so sad because it took years before she was eating normally. And I don't ever, like, I could never imagine going to that, how bad she got. Like mine was a couple months. Hers was spanning around like three or four years. And that was, it was very hard to this day. It's something that neither one of us can talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. But what about you? Um, yeah, I, that's why I picked the topic this week. Um, I picked it because I, I mean, I would say recently, like, like for about the past year or so, maybe, maybe uh, okay, definitely longer than that, but it, it, it's accelerated the past few months. Um, I think that I have become a little obsessed with calorie counting, carb counting, um, exercising, all of that. Um, I think it, I definitely, when people ask me about it, like my boyfriend's parents, when I go over, it's like usually pretty late at night because I get off work pretty late and he lives an hour away. And I'll get over there and they'll be like, hey, we're going to have dinner or something. And I'll, I'll say that it's, um, you know, I'll tell them like I'm calorie counting, but I, I usually blame it on my diabetes. I'll say like, oh, you know, I'm just watching what I eat and all this stuff. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that I lost a lot of weight going into the hospital last year. And even though everyone around me was telling me nonstop, like, you're so skinny, like, you need to eat something, you need to feel better. I like, honestly, first time ever admitting it, I liked how I looked. I was like, wow, like, look how thin I am. This is what I've wanted, like, all these years. And that's not healthy. And I still have a lot of work to do, like, a lot of, lot of work to do. But I figured that talking about it on here as weird as it sounds, might be like my first step into talking about it a little. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to Disneyland with my sisters that day um, when we just had the the Cast park reunion. reopen. Yeah. And I did not eat anything all day. Um, I was drinking these ketone drinks um, that I a friend's mom had told me about. And that was pretty much all I was doing. You are supposed to be eating a meal in between, but I wasn't doing that. And the day caused me to be very irritable, very emotional, mm-hmm. very just not pleasant to be yeah. around. And like, I'm very well aware of that. Since then, I've apologized to my sisters. And, you know, I wish I could take back a lot of the things that I did and said that day. But, you know, that was another harsh truth in my face. Like, this is why this is not healthy. And, you know, I just, I got home and I didn't eat anything. I went straight up to my room and I fell asleep. It was like seven 30 and 
you know, a lot of the times I'll do that. Like I'll I'll go to sleep because I'll be like, well, then I can't, I won't be in the kitchen. I won't be near the kitchen. I don't need to eat anything. Um, and I think like, that's what's so distorted is that I saw how I got to be quote unquote after the hospital. Yeah. And I wanted to be back to that. You know, I didn't, I didn't like when people were telling me like, yeah, you look like you put a little weight. That's good because I was so skinny. Mm -hmm. But in my head, when I hear that, I hate it. I go, oh my gosh, like I have to, I got to stop eating or I got to start working out. And then there's all that added pressure. You know, I'm seeing all of these girls around me that, you know, guys that didn't work out with or with, or, you know, even my current boyfriend, his ex, like I'm seeing all these pictures, you know, I texted mm -hmm. you and you're just like, I'm going to tell you right now, your response was what we should be responding to our friends when things like this are said. I said something to you, like, look at her body or something like that. And you said, you responded with, um, I don't need to look at her body because I know my best friend. And I will never forget that, Britt. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, sometimes that's all it takes. Like, I'm going to be oh, honest, yeah. since that day, I haven't completely gotten back to eating three meals a day or any of that, you know, a lot of the time I'm just drinking water all day and I'll eat like a spinach salad for lunch. And mm -hmm. again, not healthy. And it's something I do have to work on. And I know that, but like, that's something I want our listeners to hear is I want them to understand that when we talk about this stuff, it's usually something a we're currently going through B have been through or C no, it's something that a lot of people are going through. Yeah. So this was therapeutic in a way. And I'm sorry that I dragged you into it <laughs> without explaining. No. But I figured I was going to chicken out talking about it unless we were doing this. Honestly, so. I can be completely honest with you. I think that I kind of started seeing that side of you, like the calorie counting and stuff. And I wanted to speak to you about it, but it's like, I... I know for me, my, my insecurities, my weight is very hard for me to talk about. And it, it goes without saying that I should approach you about it, or you should approach a friend saying, Hey, what's going on that you were feeling this way. But I had remembered that you had seen, like you had talked about wanting to get healthier for your diabetes. And I was like, I was all for that. But like looking back now, I can see where, like you said, it was almost like you were using it as an excuse to try to like avoid that conversation, avoid this, avoid that. And I know that this is a good step for you. It, it's almost like when we talk about grief, like when we get down to the line, we talk about grief in an episode. I think that's going to be a part where I think we'll see a different side of me in a sense, but I'm very proud of you taking this step because honestly, it's not easy to talk about like this topic, any of some of the hard topics we've talked about. And I think doing this is such a beautiful thing because if you ever get a chance to meet Megan, you'll understand this. <laughs> so she has this Megan effect about her and it just, every time you get to know her, it's just a deeper, it's like a deeper level of the type of person she is. And being open and honest about this situation just reevaluates why I love you. 
and why you're a strong individual. And people, girls, women, men, whatever, they're going to see you as one of what I see. And it's a vulnerable, loving, caring, supporting human being. And I hope that the journey you take is the journey some of our listeners will take into realizing that it doesn't matter what size you are. It doesn't matter what you look like or, you know, yes, it's a struggle every day, but you will come out of it in a better person, a better light, you know? So I know I speak for all the listeners and say, we appreciate how open and honest you are. Okay. So, um, the third eating disorder that we said was kind of like an umbrella above a lot of things, which is kind of what I feel like I'm, I'm going through right now. And I didn't know this was a word. So I think it's good when you have a word to something, I don't know why, but it feels good. Um, so it's called orthorexia and there's a longer term for it called orthorexia nervosa. So what this means basically is that it's an unhealthy focus on eating in a healthy way. Um, it says eating nutritious food is good, but if you have orthorexia, you obsess about it to agree that you can damage your overall well-being. So that the five uh, warning signs of it are the first one is preoccupation with food and eating habits. Second one is extreme dietary rules. The third one is changes in mood and emotional distress. The fourth one is good. Oh, sorry. It's quote good versus quote bad. So it's saying that you categorize your food in your head. This is good. This is bad. And you're only good or you'll feel guilty slash punish yourself for eating the bad. Yes. I feel... Uh, like that's, that's, that was me. Oh, that's me. Well, I feel like that's a little bit of anyone, whether it's an eating disorder or yeah. not, because even like super healthy, great people that are in great shape and have a great mental health and everything. Yeah. I think that they do, you know, because it is, there are good things to put in your body and not so good things to put in your body. Yeah. And, you know, it's but just I can but I can see I've obsessed over that a lot in the recent months is I've been very like, it's almost like I see the way my sister eats and the way I eat. And I'm just sitting there like, I need to eat more like her. But again, she's had years on doing it that way. And I'm just trying to jump into it. And then I start getting very self-conscious and then I just like, I go back to not eating. Yeah, I feel like that's like the beginning stage of what you could be going through if you're bulimic or anorexic yeah I think like everything if it's not done in moderation it can lead to very negative outcomes Mm -hmm. Um, and the fifth and final one is food fixation that affects social interaction um let me just read a little bit of what that says it says when rigid dietary restrictions take a toll on a person's social life it may signal an unhealthy relationship with food those who experience social isolation or even inter- 
interference with relationships due to strict rules around eating and food avoidance might be suffering from this form of an eating disorder. And I think that that is so real. Um, I can even give a very recent example of two weeks ago, I went to lunch with my family after church and I sat there in the most miserable way looking over the calories of each meal at California Pizza Kitchen. And once my food got there, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to eat it because it's all good. It was like quinoa and like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But then I'm seeing like my 19 year old sister, who in my opinion is like my superhero when it comes to body image, because I know that she struggled a little bit too, but at the end of the day, she's a confident, you know, (laughs) but she is, um, she loves her body and she loves her curves and you know, she, she works out sometimes and she'll eat healthy and stuff, but she doesn't hold herself back when she's out with her friends and she enjoys life. And I think like, that's something I need to do more of is that I'm allowing it to make me not enjoy life that day at Disneyland. I should have been so happy to just be there. That's home. Like I should have been so happy after a year to be there. And all I could think all day was one, wow, I have a really bad headache probably because I haven't eaten. And then two, wow, I'm really tired, probably because I haven't eaten. Yeah. And three, wow, I'm everything's making me mad right now. Yeah. Probably because I haven't eaten. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> and that that sucks. That was horrible. And I think that day was a huge eye-opener for me of like, damn, Megan, gotta get it together. Like, and that in itself is like an added pressure. Cause you're just like, okay, well, now I gotta yell at myself about being so hard on myself about this yeah and at the same time you have days where you're just like you know what I just don't eat dinner but I eat the other two meals of the day Mm -hmm. I should be good but they need to be low calorie meals because otherwise I'm not gonna you know lose anything yeah and then when you don't lose weight and you are doing that then you get frustrated and then you want to go harder and you want to go more extreme yeah and there's just like no way it defeats the whole purpose because then you're you're just gonna start overthinking everything you're doing and then it's not it's not just your eating habits it's your social interactions with other people because they're like i have to make sure like no one's staring at me as i'm eating because then they're going to be focusing on how much i'm eating and then you're gonna they're gonna judge me for how much i'm eating like there was one day we went to uh sean myself and karen and Dwayne went uh cheesecake factory and i sat there and i was like contemplating i was like do i eat everything on my plate everyone else doesn't eat what they're on their plate and then i'm sitting here like staring at this and there's like three small portions of a different meal and i'm like maybe i'm eating you know it just you start overanalyzing because you're focusing on how much you're intaking and you're not paying attention to actually enjoying the company you're focusing on the good and bad of what you're eating Well, yeah. And then you want to know the the craziest thing about this whole conversation or this whole like mental capacity for this. When you think about it, like, who are you killing yourself for? Yeah. Because ask yourself, is your best friend not going to be your best friend anymore if you don't look a certain way? And I'm just going to throw this one out here because I already know a lot of people are going to give backlash about it. But 
is your significant other not going to be your significant other anymore if you don't look a certain way? Because I'll tell you if they aren't or if they're not going to be your significant other anymore, you're already in the wrong relationship. So you should just yeah. thank yourself for finding yeah. that out now. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, same thing. Like if you it's the same thing with anything, you know, if you don't drink to get drunk, are your friends not going to be your friends anymore? If they're not going to, those aren't the friends for you. Right. Or, you know, if you decide not to, you know, this is a total extreme, so I'm just throwing it out. But like, if you decide to go to like a rave with your friends and you don't choose to do like drugs, drugs, like E and stuff yeah. like that, are they going to no longer want to invite you? Like, no, there's, there's more problems with, like, there's yeah, more problems the with them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I don't, that's the thing is that I, what I don't understand is I think about it and I'm like, why do I think that if I'm not looking this certain way, like I'm going to lose friends, yeah. I'm going to lose a boyfriend or I'm going to lose a family member. You know what? Screw them if you do. Right. And I'm That's talking so very confidently right now, but I already <laughs> know I'm going to go back on this tomorrow. Um, but I just, you know, that is what I always question is I go, and these are unhealthy things that stem from past things. You know that that's true, Britt. We yeah, have... I'm, I'm literally checking off all this from past friendships, yeah. relationships. You have past people in your life that made you think like you weren't enough the way that you were. Mm-hmm. You know, we have past people and they don't have to say it to you. Trust me. It's in things like, well, they couldn't commit to you, but they can commit to someone else who, guess what, is wearing a bikini all over their Instagram. Mm-hmm. And you're like, there's something wrong with me. That's what was wrong with me. I couldn't wear a bikini and show it off. Like, you know, and like, it's the little things like that. You're just like, I couldn't do that for them. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they didn't pick me. And I know that that's my biggest issue is the whole being treated like an option and not being chosen, you know, whether that be with friends, Mm -hmm. boys, whatever. That's how, when that's a trigger for me. And I talked about that with you the other day that's a trigger. Yeah. And like, that's, that's terrifying to me because you can't really control what other people are going to do, think or say, yeah, you can do is control yourself. And, um, that's the hardest part too, is like, especially someone that deals with any mental issue, you know, or illness, it's really hard because you're constantly debating if you're enough for that person. Yeah. You know, especially when it can, comes to like um, the anxiety effect of having a eating disorder. You're sitting there and you're like overanalyzing every little thing you're doing. And it becomes an overwhelming sensation where you're just sitting there overly thinking about every little thing. And almost if you're doing it the right way or you know, maybe I shouldn't be anorexic. Maybe I should be bulimic and just throw up food. So I could at least have the sensation of food in my stomach. Wait, why am I doing that? I shouldn't just eat it all. You know, you get to a point where bulimic, when you're bulimic and you're like, I'm tired of throwing up food. I should just stop eating. They're both triggering effects towards one another. Absolutely. Um, I will say that I do like um, that we're going to be talking a little bit um, like to end it, to sum it all up, we're going to be offering a, some solutions to whether you ha- are struggling with this or someone, you know, is struggling with this. 
The first one are a couple of numbers we're going to throw out there for everyone. The first one is, it's a hotline. It's the National Eating Disorder Association. So these are all Eastern times. So if you're in the West Coast, three hours later than your time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can chat with them if you don't want to speak with someone. Uh, Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday, 9 to 5 p.m. Again, these are all Eastern times. If you want to call them, it's 800-931-2237, Monday through Thursday, 11 to 9 p.m. and Friday, 11 to 5, again, Eastern times. And for super convenience, um, you can text them, 800-931-2237, Monday through Thursday, 3 to 6 p.m. So that was our first like, hey guys, here's some solution for you. If you don't want to talk to people you actually know, Yeah. call that hotline. Do you want to say what the second solution is? Do what I should have done. Have a conversation with your friends. It's, it's hard to even imagine what they're going through in that moment. It's hard enough to probably for them to even say something, but hold your friend accountable and try to be there for them in the best way you can and that's you know texting calling but don't obsess over it you know like you don't want to make them feel like their struggle is an issue that you don't trust them to deal with as well be committed to being there for them don't say you'll be there and not be there because especially with something as serious as um, an eating disorder you don't want them to feel like the struggle is a, a lonely one. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we also, we don't want to be accusing of someone because I think we've all been on that end where mm-hmm. you don't mean to, but you do feel attacked and, you know, you're already a little embarrassed about it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest, I'm a little embarrassed about it that I still have this perception of myself that needs to, you know, get a little better. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't make them feel that way. Offer healthy things to them. Be like, hey, I'm planning on going for a walk today. You want to come with me? Yep. Hey, and afterwards, I'm thinking of going to get, you know, a salad and a sandwich. I'm going to do half salad, half sandwich. Mm-hmm. You know, like offer healthy things and let them know, like you said, they're not alone in it. You know, you're there to support them to a healthy lifestyle. Yeah without the obsession of it all. Um, And the final one is if you can't get through to your friend or relative or whoever it is that's suffering, please tell a trusted adult or someone that can help and see if they can somehow find a better way or route to Mm -hmm. help with the disorder. Okay, so I'm gonna give the shout out of the week really quick. And you guys have seen the girl that is, whose parents started this. She was in our try video and we are very grateful that we had such empowered women that joined in on that. Um, that was our first time meeting her, but we definitely want to use her for future projects. Oh yes. She's just a sweetheart, phenomenal, working to change the world. And we love every bit about it. Um, so I want to shout out, it is called the Slave Free Project. And there's a little added to it, it says, and CERT Ministries. 
And this project actually helps rescue victims of trafficking and or anyone who is in a trap situation to help them be free. So it's amazing work that they do. You can follow their Instagram. Their Instagram is literally slave free project. Get in contact with Cece Gonzalez. She's the daughter of the parents that started it. They are tactical training, learning to shoot guns all the time. They usually hire ex-law enforcement, ex-military. They actually go over there to the places that girls are trafficked to and save them. So if you are interested, even if you're just interested in volunteering, donating, please get involved. It's a great cause and they're a phenomenal family and we all need to be more like them. <laughs> Seriously, right? Uh, yeah, I loved hearing all about it. When I remember we, when we met her, I told you, remember? I was like, wait till you hear what this girl does. <laughs> and she's so humble too about it. Yeah, you wouldn't imagine, even know. Yeah, no, I can only imagine what her family's like because they're probably just humble and loving about the situation that they do. And I couldn't imagine going through that, let alone being there to help them afterwards, you know? So it is time for my favorite segment, quote of the week. Yay. We still need to create a jingle for that. I'm going to get like a little, like, what do you call it? Like those recording things where you talk into them. I'm going to get those for us and we're going to, we're going to record. Okay. So I really um I have two quotes this week is that okay oh I love that no I'm all for that okay okay so I have two um okay so the first one is admire someone else's beauty without questioning your own yes and I'm, I'm deciding between two hold on okay this one is specifically for the women but I think it's it can be applied to both. Um, okay. I wish more women realized that helping another woman win, cheering her on, praying for her, or sharing a resource with her does not take away from the blessings coming to them. In fact, the more you give, the more you receive. Empowering women doesn't come from selfishness, but rather from selflessness. I love them both. Like, I can't see which one I love more, but I like I love them both. They're such they're, both. <laughs> they're quotes that should be tattooed on everyone's arm. Cause I feel like, especially the second one, you have to stop admiring everyone else's and start admiring yourself. Absolutely. I think also a good piece of advice for us to maybe do, which I think you and I have talked about whenever we feel down. Mm-hmm. To the point of um, just not so much wanting to be around is that we list 10 things that are blessings in our lives oh. and remembering those 10 things alone, I think completely changes our perspective. Very true. So I'm excited. I have no idea what our topic is going to be next week, but I think we are probably gearing more towards like messages like this a little bit. Actually, I think I might know what to do for next week, but we'll wait for you guys to hear that. Yay. Very excited. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for the support. We wouldn't be anywhere without any of you. 
Um, so thank you again and keep showing your true colors. <laughs>